Welcome to the Writer's Workroom Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Silver, and joining me as always is the co-host, Bailey. We have no guests. Yeah, and there's no guests today. But what we have is a topic. We do have a topic. We are talking about character creation, which, if you're thinking, isn't this a fan fiction podcast? No, only kind of, slightly, <laughs> most of the time, Yes. This we're branching out. Podcast. We're branching out, so we're trying to get to more original topics, but this also applies slightly. This is more main character stuff, where you're planning mm. on doing an episode about doing side characters, of writing good, lovable side characters that your readers and the audience won't, will probably get an attachment to, but hopefully won't get super attached to them. Yeah, it's about... This is going to help everyone, not just any be- beginners well, but I, I just everyone general helps. i think this will also help with fan fiction authors yeah because unless you're doing like a canon continuance story your character is going to be vastly different than mm-hmm. canon. um i know for stormblade my personal fic my game of thrones um mm-hmm. elder scrolls crossover fic that i very much have changed the my main character i've changed john yeah and uh I think one of the great things about doing a Skyrim crossover specifically is that I had the um, skill lists. Mm, You do have that. You have that. And I highly recommend if you are doing a video game crossover or something along those lines, create the character in the game. Now, the game game might not have everything you want. If you want to do a macedonian phalanx in skyrim they're not going to have spears so you can't create somebody who wields a spear or like something like that but you can just use your imagination for that that that's a two-handed weapon so they're really good with two-handed weapons like a Mm -hmm. staff and that kind of stuff so there is a little bit of bending and rule and rule bending that just comes with fan fiction so i think if you can definitely do it and here's also here's also a thing um, create them in D and D. And here's yeah. why I say that: if you have a stat block for your character, of we'll take Percy Jackson for example, his wisdom stat's not going to be super high. No, but his intelligence stat would be pretty high. So intelligence wouldn't be a dump stat. Percy's also incredibly charismatic. He's also pretty damn strong. And he's super durable. So there's your con modifier. And just going through all the stats in D&D creates a pretty well-balanced character. If you've got a character who is a man of few words but can bench press an F-250, he mm-hmm. is a charisma dump stat strength strength build. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make the acrobatic gymnast not super dexterous so kind of it's a very wide box that you gotta start off but think of it as a funnel you start off with the top of the funnel the widest part of the funnel and you gotta create the most vaguest description of the character possibly so if you walked past your character on the street what do they look like well he's six foot four 240-ish pounds of pure muscle, okay? And he wears all black. All right, that is your 1,000-foot view of your character. Now you got to get a little closer. What's his face look like? Does he have a scar on his face? What color are their eyes? Kind of create this character and have this mental image of your character because your readers are going to create their own mental image of the character. And what's great about that is when I say Harry Potter, most people think of Daniel Radcliffe. Right. You say Hermione Granger, Emma Watson, Ron Weasley, Rupert Grint. However, there are some characters out there that you see them in the movies and you go, that's that's not how I imagine them. And sometimes you see an actor who would be perfect for a character of 
that. That's who I'd want to play that character. And so if you can assign an actor or an actress to the character, do that. Of This is who I would want to play this character. And you can pick at any time frame. Mm-hmm. So kind of think of it as a funnel or a pyramid of your building. Actually, think of it as a pyramid because you're building the character. Start at the base, the walking down the street. What do you see of this character? Are they a town guard? So they wear a guard's uniform and they have a, an axe. They don't carry a sword like the rest of the people. And so that makes them slightly different. And then you get further up the pyramid and the base gets smaller. And they you find and find out that they have that they started training younger, older, so they had learned the axe instead of the sword, but they're just as ferocious as anyone with a sword. Okay, why did they, they, he only started training in the ways of the weapon because his father was killed by bandits and he wishes to avenge them and kill the bandit leader who killed his father. Okay, now you have more character building, but all of that came from, he's a guard who uses an axe instead of a sword. And so you got to build that pyramid up of your character, your character's pyramid, in order to have your character. Do you disagree with me on that, Silver? No, I agree with everything. Because, like, for me, as someone who has written stories um, with characters set in different universes, um, a lot of crossovers, and someone that's also working on its own original novel, it's it's difficult to kind of think of how you're going to make this character work and how are you going to sit there and build them up but when you break it down like you said and make a pyramid you you put everything together that way it makes it a lot easier um you know i for my my novel i'm working on i have a character that is you know he's he's the prophecy child and i'm gonna, pretty generic story you know just doing it for my first one but it's what is the what is his character traits where where is his beginning where where is he sitting down like where does he come from i always have in terms of pyramid i always have the background as the major chunk of the bottom um i'd argue that the background is more middle work because mm. the bottom of the pyramid, if, especially if you look at, like, compare this to the food pyramid. Yeah. Like, um, the the base of the pyramid, the bottom section, that is mm. what everybody else sees. Backstory True. is more the innards of the character. Why yeah. are they the way they are? And, I, and 100%, I believe, of a why are they the way they are is very important. If you have a character who was taken in by an aged warrior at the age of five because their family was killed by bandits, I'm going very high fantasy yeah. kind of for this because it's the easiest to go by, go with. And also, I said D&D and now I'm thinking yeah. D&D. But that character would probably wish to learn how to fight back, mm-hmm. how to get vengeance. And then you must also think what happens when that character does get their revenge? What happens when they do get their vengeance, when the enemy that they've trained their entire life for is Mm -hmm. dead? What do they do next? What is their next step? And it could be that their story is done. They go back to their village. They hang up their sword on the wall and they start a farm. And they just live happily ever after in their own little world. They marry a girl from the village and start a family. And they their character just lives happily ever after. Or they have become so ingrained in bloodlust, in the bloodlust, that it's, it's broken something in them. And they just continue going on, seeking the next fight never happy until all of the enemies of the world are gone and dead and that they need to somebody and now they are the villain could do something like that i mean that's kind of sad and impressive Mm -hmm. you know it it can happen so you got to think about 
what uh, why what are your character's motivations why is your character doing what they're doing um there's a there's a meme that floated around the internet for a while and i know i distributed it pretty heavily and it was mm. a, a dm sitting down and he was like all right everyone explain why your character is adventure why your character is here and player number one my family was killed and i seek vengeance for their deaths player mm. number two i grew up in an orphanage and i never want to live in poverty again character three i don't know i had a good family life and i think adventuring is just needy. <laughs> yeah and and you can have a character who is on this adventure because they want to be. Look at Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. Toph could have left at any time. She didn't have to be there. She wanted to be there. Aang had to be there because it is his quest. It is his journey to defeat the Fire Lord. Um, Katara and um, Sokka are along with the ride for the ride because... They want Katara wants vengeance and Sokka wants to protect Katara. And then they become really close friends with Aang and they get mm. embroiled in it. And over and over time, Toph as well gets invested into the fight and she has a stake in it now. But in the beginning, she was just with them because she wanted to be. She could have left at any time. Mm-hmm. So having a character and and now I'm not saying that's a good character to have of the character who can leave at any time who can just has no direct ties to the conflict i it's it doesn't set a good precedent of if they're so flighty why are they there but you want to create a character you want to have that character go through some stuff with the group and then kind of bond with them and so that the group doesn't feel right without them yeah, and it sort of uh, turns into that talk of side characters, but I'll say that for another day, but like characters like that, I personally, I love characters that have very selfish reasons uh, for doing things, so like revenge is always a good one, but I, I honestly, I like it, I've always liked characters and fantasy and stuff that really just fight because they like the thrill of fighting i always just thought that was cool i thought it was really just interesting gimmick for characters because it's like the main character is like he's out here trying to get revenge his family was killed blah, blah, blah. high fantasy then he comes across this this aged warrior who just his whole purpose is just keep fighting and find someone stronger or worthy and i'm like yeah that's pretty funny i just not funny i was pretty it's pretty just an interesting thing to me. I'm like, that, that sounds kind of cool. That sounds like how that sounds realistic at the same to in a fantasy like medieval setting to me because probably was one or two people that definitely that did that a lot back then. I don't know. I'll but. I'll draw an example from yeah. kind of real life. My D and D group. Yeah. One of our characters, his entire his character's entire motivation is to mm-hmm. see is to find his family because he was a prisoner of war and he was tortured as a young child. And he Mm. is now sworn an oath of vengeance under this evil God to make the ones that tortured him and his family suffer. And he wishes to find his brother and his parents. Whereas my character has got out of the army and went, I want to find my family's lost sword. This sword has been lost for 200 years do mm. and i explained it as argos has zero intention has zero i plans that the sword will already be is found can be found it's been lost for 200 years so he's not he's not like if i never find the sword i can never return home and if i and, and I'll bring shame upon my family. Now, countless generations before him have looked for the sword and and nobody's found it. And he's mm-hmm. kind of just like, if I find the sword, I find the sword. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. So, and, and that that's his entire motivation for adventuring. Now, my motivation is to get cool stuff 
and kill things. Mm. <laughs> but that's not Argos's intention. Argos's intention was to find the sword. He found the sword. He's continuing adventuring because why the hell not? And I think that's the other thing too is um what's it called? Well like uh the end day two when you're what is the end of the day thing for your character? Because you gotta end the story. You can't can't go on. So it's like you have to end the story. And yeah. we'll take another medieval fantasy story of the inherit. Actually, no, you haven't read that yet. No, but uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. The goal is to destroy the ring, and after the ring is destroyed, mm -hmm. the story the story ends and you go into the appendices and you go into the 13 endings and you have all of these endings and the story is wrapped up nicely in a bow. Mm -hmm. However, you could also pull the Percy Jackson. Cronus is dead. However, the giants are rising again yeah. and you can have a new enemy arise. You can have something else happen a la Ranger's Apprentice, where a new threat happens every one to three books. And you, they have to go and solve the problem within those next one to three books. And it all gets wrapped up and could be continued in the next book. The story right. can be continued on. You can have a story where your characters are continuously going. Um, uh, cop shows. You mm. gotta find this murderer before he kills again. Oh my god, he's killed again, but this has given us vital clues to find him. We've found him. You'll never take me alive, coppers. Well, he's off the streets. Let's go home. And then they're back at it again the next episode doing the exact same thing. The story is never over for them because there's still bad guys out there. There's still another criminal. There's a uh, child kidnapper there's a shoplifter you think of why are your characters doing it is it to overthrow the evil king who has plunged this realm into war for hundreds for hundreds of years and doing dark magic to keep himself alive or is it i must defeat the bandit i must kill the bandits who took my father who killed my father in front of me when i was but a boy leaving my mother to die of a broken heart, leaving me an orphan. Yeah. What's what's your character's goals? What's their motivation? You have to have motivation. What's and the end game for them afterwards? The end game? Also, what is your character's happy ending? Mm -hmm. Because you may not give your character a happy ending. You don't have to. But... Your characters are sitting around the campfire, sitting around a table in a tavern. They're sitting around a dinner table at an inn, and they're talking about when this is over, I'm going to go back home and marry this girl, marry this boy, and mm. we're going to start a family together, and we're going to live in peace, and I'm going to write books, I'm going to study the stars, I'm going to farm, raise horses, raise dogs joust for the rest of my life what is your character's happy ending what is their happy place what is what is the dream they're fighting for right is it for a brighter future is your character a, a parent are they fighting for a better future for their child that they're doing this that they're sacrificing this precious time that they have with their child in order to provide their child a better future are the, have they lost a child to the war? General Iroh, Iroh in Avatar, did they lose a child to the war and that they're fighting this to end it so no other parent has to go what they went through? Yeah. Motivations like that are really poignant and can really draw a lot of emotion. I mean, if... So you got to think of motivation... What is their happy ending? Because for the parent who lost their child in the war, who lost their significant other due to heartbreak or plague or whatever, and they're now all alone in the world. They've got mm. nothing left. 
and all they're doing is fighting for a future so that no other parent has to bury their own child as Theoden said no no parent should have to bury their child and that was in the Lord of the Rings not the movies yeah, not yeah. The books but it's still a great line and so that this is the reason that this character is fighting and he stumbles across and he kind of stumbles into a group of young adventurers who are have the same goal as him and they become his children and then this character in a last ditch effort you guys can succeed i'll hold them off go in a gandalf-esque you shall not pass boromir fighting off the urukai and the end of the fellowship of the ring i shall die so you shall live and win like, mm-hmm sending him off in a blaze of glory and that that is that is how that character goes out and that is exactly how they would want to go out they wish to go out in a blaze of glory fighting the good fight so that others can succeed so that their new found family found family ugh, i hate that i hate that trope and that saying but it works in this scenario can continue on and can continue the fight and can continue living. Mm-hmm. That's for an older character. Yeah, I think the other thing too. That, it can uh, also just be as simple as they tripped me in the hallway and I wanted <laughs> revenge. I mean, that brings up another thing too: is um, modern day. You know, times are different than they were back in the old days, back in medieval times, high fantasy characters that are. In modern day times, it's, it's mostly a lot of stories are all about revenge or lust. It's, you know, it's this character, uh, character B cheated on me, so I'm going to get, you know, or uh, character B, uh, the antagonist killed protagonist family. So the protagonist has like some secret dark, uh, secret dark path, past that they hid from their wife, blah, 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 so on and so forth, things like that, you know, so... You kind of see it. I mean, the stories never really change. It's the same stories day in, day out. Well, it's it's all about emotion. Yeah. And at the end of the day, your character has to have emotions and draw emotions from the reader. In mm. a no, I'm not gonna say that because spoilers. I want yeah. to actually read this book series. In a uh... series a character's family is killed his three-year-old daughter and his wife who is pregnant with his son with his son that he didn't know about because he was on deployment and he comes back and they get killed in an in an event that was supposed to kill him but he was at a different location because Mm -hmm. i can't remember actually i need to reread it and that drives him to get vengeance because not only was his family killed others close to him were killed by these people and so now he seeks vengeance for those that have been taken from him his family his friends his all of these people are now out and that is a classic revenge story revenge is a very powerful emotion that all humans can grasp because we've all taken revenge in mm. a small, petty way of, ha, I was faster than you, even though mm. you were boasting about being faster than me last mm. time. Or, ha, I tripped you in the hallways and you never noticed, but you tripped and fell on your face and it was embarrassing for you. Or everyone's done that, or everyone's thought about revenge. Everyone has, every human in their life has thought about revenge, has oh, yeah. had had the emotion and the feelings of I need to get revenge on these people cross their minds. Some take it a little too far. Some never act upon it, but everybody across all walks of life from New York city sky rises to the tribes in sub-Saharan Africa. Right. Everyone has thought about revenge because revenge is a very human thing. It's also in the animal kingdom too. Don't get me wrong, revenge is everywhere. It is a primal instinct. You mm-hmm. hurt me, I hurt you. 
So revenge is a very easy theme to convey. So that's why a lot of writers do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, it's called. There's also, like, like you said, emotion is always a big thing. So there's definitely, I think that's that's something that you know, writers should take into account when you're making a character, what's the motivation? We've said that before, so. Sometimes, you know, maybe you want to change it up. Um, there's revenge, lust, greed. All, you know, the seven deadly sins are a great, like, base. The seven deadly sins yeah. are a great way to base a character. But yeah. also, mm. remember that... Um, what is it? Um, oh... Avatar again. Avatar is just yeah. full of these. When Aang said that the monks taught him that revenge is like a two-headed viper snake. Mm. When you focus on one, the other one is biting you. Don't let your carrot... And, and that can fall for everything in this. Greed. While your character is greedy for power, money, whatever. That they've fallen on the wayside. And you can't... It's very hard to empathize with a character whose main goal in life is greed mm -hmm. just as it would be hard to have one that's main thing is lust or pride or any of the other seven deadly sin so you have to have balanced characters the greedy man or woman is greedy because they started from nothing they were penniless. Mm -hmm. They grew up very poor. And their little brother died of a treatable disease because their family was too poor to afford the medicine. And that this character wishes to gain as much money as they can on the surface. But in all, in all reality, they're donating 75% of it to charity. And so they're very charitable. They're very altruistic in that aspect. And so they work all this time and they're cutthroat businessmen, stock trader, whatever, whatever they are. But on the surface, but then they're not in character. So having balance to your characters is a very good thing. The grueling, harsh drill drill instructor goes home to his family and is a caring loving husband and father the dichotomy of man kind of say, thing so mm -hmm. don't don't let one character trait of your character overwhelm everything right unless you're doing fatal flaws in percy jackson and then you can just do whatever you want yeah. because He's gonna he's gonna destroy the world to save his friends and family. Yeah. Destroy the world to save his friends and family. They can't survive. Makes no sense. Yeah. We're talking about Riordan here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so motivation big part, and that's something. Now, moving on to the next tier, uh, appearance, big part of characters. Appearance, appearance is very important. Yeah. Because at the end of the day. You want your characters to look cool. If you're doing an original work or yeah. you're doing a comic book or an animated short or a picture, at the end of the day, think of it this way. How easy will it be for somebody to write a Wikipedia article on how this character looks? And also, how easy slash hard, because plate armor is incredibly difficult to make, would it be for somebody to cosplay them? Now I'm saying you're seven, you're ten feet, twelve feet tall, eight feet wide. Demon King is not going to be an easy character to to cosplay. However, your rogue like character, your kind, sweet, caring character, like think of it in the aspect of. Is what they're wearing period appropriate, conveys something about their character, and also is 
practical for what they're doing. Because we've all seen the we we've all seen boob armor in like video games and such. It's not practical. It doesn't showcase character and it's and it isn't period correct. However, your for your woodsman in a modern day setting would be wearing car hearts, leather boots with a jacket on and probably have a hunting rifle. That is their wardrobe. So they've got, you can go full lumberjack stereotype, red flannel shirt, jeans, leather boots, brown jacket with a hat on and a hunting rifle. That is an accurate description of like your stereotypical outdoorsy lumberjack kind of character. So just describe your characters, how they should fit into the setting, how you want them to fit into the setting. And you can also do the whole thing of it is they wear black because they're in constant mourning of the family that they lost, or they wear bright, happy colors to distract themselves and the world from the depression inside them. Give your character something fun, like they wear a ring on their right hand to remind them of the family they lost or something. A ring for each. Or um, Black Panther style, a, a scar for each man he killed. Description should not be... If you're doing fan fiction, description should not be too far off of the original character. Unless you're doing complete and utter AU, Harry Potter's a fairy god thing, and he now has wings for whatever fucking reason. Over, you got anything? Uh, when I write stories, okay, great. Um, so when I write stories, I uh, I really don't describe the characters a whole like crazy bunch. I kind of weave like. The bare bones because i'm like if i'm writing a fic i'm writing let's say spider-man everyone knows what spider-man looks like i it don't depends on the spider-man but you know well I, even well it's like if i'm doing mcu everyone knows what peter parker yeah Spider-Man looks like. and I, everyone... if i'm just i don't need to describe the suit really because or I, I describe the suit but i don't need to go crazy in detail or i'll like have like a reference in there so people can figure out what suit it is and whatnot now, if it's Percy Jackson, Percy looks the same in every story. Well, and, and, and here's a fun way to incorporate a character description. Your character has just been shot, stabbed, run over. They're going to a hospital. Your character is being rushed through the hospital on a gurney, and you've got EMTs go, going over the line. We've got a six-foot-two... A uh, six, uh, over six foot brown haired Caucasian male coming in. Uh, he received a gunshot in his upper torso. We're going to mm. need emergency surgery immediately. Damn, son, those muscles really didn't stop a bullet, huh? And yeah. then, boom, you now know that the character is over six foot feet tall, Caucasian, brown hair, and muscular. Mm-hmm. And they've just been shot. <laughs> so now they have a scar. And so you just described all of that without having a character standing in a mirror going, I swept my brown chestnut hair back and admired my six-pack abs in the mirror as I got ready for school. No, you don't have that. Now, does it work for every fic that your character's got shot, stabbed, run over, major injury, and that's a requirement of a hospital? No. However, now you have it. But using creative ways of your character sitting at the breakfast table and their twin sister comes Mm. down the stairs and they have bright pink hair and their dad goes, you know, I really like your brown hair, your hair brown when it's brown, just like and 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 your sister pops out. Well, I don't want to look like him or her. Yeah. And. Now you know that your character has brown hair. Or you can have somebody go, wow, your blue eyes are really pretty. And bada bing, now the character, now you know that the character has brown hair and blue eyes. 
So you can sneak in character descriptions in interesting places. Like you have a character walk up and they go, hmm, I thought you would have been taller. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. And it's it's just simple sneaking in these things of you don't have to have the graphic description of staring in the mirror because I don't stare in the mirror and go, wow, mm-hmm. I'm six foot two and I really need to hit the gym and shave. <laughs> yeah, I might do that. Was that the six foot two thing? It's more like, wow, I'm five seven and I need to lose weight at the gym. Yeah, no, I, uh, I don't do that. So, mm-hmm. and and if you're doing like multiple character POVs, you can get away with describing your other characters through your other yeah. characters POVs. But I. I don't know about you. I hate describing characters. Same. I actively hate it. Like, I had to describe John's armor in Chapter 3 of Stormblade. I didn't have mm-hmm. to, but I wanted to, because I created special armor just for the character. And it's custom armor that's not in Skyrim. Because I could have just given him dragon plate armor, and you can go Google dragon plate armor Skyrim, and you could see a picture of it. However, I created custom armor because I thought that would be cool. And mm. it's, it's really cool. I think I did a cool job of it. No, there are not any pictures because I suck, at, I suck yeah. at drawing. I don't have Photoshop. And that sounds like a lot more work than even just writing. Yeah. So I created a custom armor and I had to describe it because I put a little bit of effort into making this armor in my head. And so I described it. And he has a different sword than in the games would have so i'm gonna put in some effort into describing that and describing items and personal effects of your characters can be difficult it might not be for you you could be completely 100 percent confident in your ability and all this to write yeah they wore Levi's 501s every day with a pair of thorough good chestnut leather boots and a Carhartt jacket over top of a gray uh, over top of a black sweatshirt. Mm. And you could be very comfortable writing that. That would make me cringe as all hell if I wrote, put that into writing. Yeah. I don't blame you. So, different. Everyone has different skill sets and all that and and um i will also say accessories are a very important character thing Mm -hmm. a character who is afraid of constantly being late will have a watch or a character who wish who who lives more practically will have a watch as well but their watch won't be as nice or as accurate or the character who really truly cares about their appearance will have a really nice watch because it shows status and power so three different characters all wearing a watch but meaning three different things because the character who's afraid of always being late might have a smart watch on that has alarms and timers and three different backup systems and the more practical person has a Casio G-Shock on and uh, and then the third person is wearing a Rolex. So three very different characters, three very different watches, but all are a key part of the character. Of They wish to know the time but they also wish to not have to pull out their phone right. every time. They don't, maybe character number two doesn't even have a phone or they have a flip phone. Mm. You never know. Yeah. And so you can do fun things with accessories of character number two does carry a flip phone. He doesn't like modern technology all that much. He lives in a cabin in the woods, and he's perfectly fine with how he lives. Thank you very much. I don't need any of those smart bricks. Character number two has two phones because they have one for work, one for personal use, and they have a 
two, three portable chargers in their backpack, three different types of cords because somebody might have an iPhone that needs charging. Right. And a laptop with them. Mm. So having accessories on a character would be is a good way to convey a type of personality. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean I I write it for Percy in my crossover fic where the next chapter he's getting his like I mean he needs a change of clothes, so he's getting his whole uh travel outfit. Um and like his accessories are gonna be a little bit are gonna be stuff suited to him. He's gonna be more kind of lightweight, so he's not gonna be wearing heavy uh armor or anything. So I'm like, okay, well and think of type of stuff is think wear. of how your character fights as well mm-hmm. if it is a more action based story. Is your character this, and and what type of weapon your character picks right. in of going into a fight is also important. Yeah, your soul, your fighter. We'll go back to D anD D for a little bit. Your mm-hmm. fighter isn't going to pick up a stick. No, in that fight, but your scared out of their mind professor, who is, I'm not a fighter, I'm not a fighter, might pull out a small little like uh, survival knife and yeah. just be like. Don't get close to me. Don't get close to me. Don't get close to me. Well, the, your fighter pulls out a, a long sword and shrugs the shield off their back and assumes a defensive position ready to strike at the enemy when they come. <clears throat> Whilst your sneaky little woodland mm. type crawls up, crawls up a tree, pulls out their bow, knocks an arrow, and is like, I'm going to shoot the first mofo I see. Different weapons right. convey different things. Like, you just got three different personalities all just based off of what what weapons they chose in that yeah. and you can do it in a modern sense too of that aspect it's a little bit more complicated in that aspect because the best weapon when faced with a gun is another gun so <clears throat> yeah it's uh but what type of gun can very much yeah, that yeah. That that's a gun yeah. world and a conversation that later. Everyone, that yeah, conversation for later. So, but um, what's it called? Yeah, so that that's kind of the accessories are always an important part. I'm looking at a list of like accessories for like, um, yeah. for example, well, uh, if I'm yeah, a good example is the Assassin's Creed franchise. Very great games, in my opinion, in the beginning. And the characters were wearing all this stuff, but their accessories were things that suited them and fit their personality. The Native American had more Native American colors, had, had feathers. Tomahawk. Yeah, he had a tomahawk. Uh, he had feathers on his uh, assassin's robes. Like and then you go back to like the early games where it's Altair, and he's very smooth. He doesn't have a lot on him. And, like, now, if you look at the games, they're more RPG-based, so you're changing your, your, the way you look, but um, it's, like, the the new game, it looks very, like, the character has everything that they need, nothing more, nothing less. You know, they got their throwing eyes, they got their, they got their smoke bombs, they got their hidden blades, that's all they really need. They got their sword, but it's not, they're not made to be in open combat, they're made to be hidden. So, and you can you can transfer that to real life in media, mm. which I'm very heavily invested in, literally and figuratively. Um, and what kind of what does your character EDC? Right, is your character a minimalist and they grab their wallet, their phone, and their backpack that has uh, maybe a jacket in it, a water mm. bottle their laptop and they're off they're gone they've got maybe they've got a pen on them it's a 50 50 shot if they still have the pen they stole from their coworker on them right or are they i need to have my pen my wallet my business card holder my multi-tool my knife my flashlight just in case mm. and what is 
If you ask your characters to empty their pockets on an, any given day in your story, what are you going to find in their pockets? And that is up to you to write and to imagine for your characters. So, but uh, yeah, will probably have a notebook and a pen on them, whilst your typical jock may have a snack in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And so, just think on. What do your characters have on them? Yeah. I think that's it for accessories, but like physical appearance is also can also be very important as yeah. and that can be that also can lead into accessories, but we'll lean more away from that. Of how well kempt are they? Are their clothes in good repair, good condition, good quality? Do they just not give a shit? Like mm-hmm like their way they wear sweat dirty sweatpants uh old hoodie and a pair and a pair of tennis shoes everywhere they go or do they get dressed up everywhere they go because the first appearance first appearance is the best is a good first appearance is important and i must look impeccable and oh dressing down jeans and a t-shirt oh thank you no no thank you Mm. what kind of character are they what what is what is their clothes say about them how do they have their hair do they keep it long do they keep it short if if they have a beard is it kempt is it unkempt what what is their physical appearance say about them that is also important <laughs> there's a lot of Im- deep intricacies of character development that also don't matter to your average reader of I got the I get the feeling that he is a he is a five foot he's a five foot eleven mm. scrawny kid with glasses blonde hair and green eyes, and that's all somebody needs in their head because now you have a picture of a scrawny kid, slightly tall with glasses, green hair, green eyes, and blonde hair. Right. And that's that's all most people need. That's all we all really need but to yeah. over and you go <laughs> yeah. into your character mm-hmm. creation and they never leaves your character de- description page and you now have a 32 page backstory for a character that does not need one yeah that, that is probably one of the biggest things people forget about is you don't have to go too much in depth you don't and and as far as like items go i could go deep into the weeds about why a certain character would could would only carry this kind of stuff in their pockets and at the end of the day i'm mm. the only one who gives a shit yeah nobody cares that percy is wheel it carries a victorinox cadet in his pocket mm. Or a Spider Coast Salt series, just in case he has to go underwater because he wants the high corrosion resistance of the LC200N blade, <laughs> and and he carries a Fisher Space Pen because it can write underwater, and he carries a Write in the Rain notebook because it's waterproof. Like mm-hmm. nobody cares. However, that describes Percy pretty well. That he's very conscientious about the fact that, whilst he might not. He might not be. He might not will himself to get wet. He, like, well, actually, that's a good point. He can yeah. will himself not to get wet. However, if he's a marine biologist, like fan fiction authors like to make him, it would make sense for him to have those things because he's on a boat and he would have to will himself to get wet. Because if he is on a boat and everyone else is getting wet, and here's Percy Jack, and here's Jackson standing at the same place i am i'm completely drenched and he's dry as a bone (laughs) yeah explain jackson so but yeah that doesn't matter to most people but yeah Mm. no continue on sorry no i was about to say that um not really anything else i could think of in terms of character kind of appearance the motivation anything like that um so and we'll go deeper into the weeds on 
accessories yeah. and specifically weapons in a later episode because I very much believe, and I have stated it mm. before in past episodes, that weapons are critically you're usually poorly written and i don't blame people yeah not a lot of people no deep into the history of well why wouldn't they use this style of sword it was mm. around at the same time but yeah no that's a chinese jin you set this story in britain yeah they wouldn't they wouldn't have that no so and you can create convoluted reasons of why this character has this weapon but at the end of the day it just wouldn't work it just wouldn't yeah. work however yeah. fantasy stories you can have a more a wider variety of weapons because you have griffin mail which is a mail service run by griffins similar to the pony express and so news and items and other such can travel greater distances at greater speeds, cutting costs. Yeah, but that's a talk for another day. That is a very much a talk for another day. And uh, nothing really else I can think of. So. I can't really think of anything else except you need a character description in your story yeah. if you're doing an original. If you're changing the appearance of a character in your story, I'll uh, Game of Thrones giving Jon Snow purple eyes. Yeah, you need that to one, yeah. Make it clear. You need to make it clear of what you're doing, and a lot. Of, and and also remember this: your readers aren't stupid. Some of them mm. might be, but not all of them. So, if you say that Jon has purple eyes. It could mean one of two things. It could be R plus L equals J, mm. reg R plus Liana equals John, or it could be A plus E equals J, Ashara, Dane plus Eddard Stark equals John. So now you have two things, and then you could describe that, and then you can set the scene of it is John, John is Ned and Ashara's son, and he has the skills of his uncle, mm. Sir Arthur Dane the sword of the morning and now that explains the purple eyes and that explains his prodigious swordman's swordmanship like and now you have this character description and you can change and tweak slight slightly or he is the son of Rhaegar and he has charisma to boot and he's mad he's magical on a harp either or all you did was change his set of eyes and mm -hmm. bada bing bada boom you can change character personalities yeah so but uh yeah with that i think it's a good spot to end and uh catch you guys on the next episode where we will discuss something else yeah hopefully yeah we'll probably stick with the character creation just to make side characters and how to explore them more side characters and we're, we're gonna gonna go into a stint of world building soon so mm -hmm. stay tuned for that we're gonna we're going to deep dive into world building. So if you're interested yep. in world building, any world Stick around. this will apply to fan fiction and original fan fiction. Yeah. Stick around. And uh, we'll catch you. Time. Yeah. So we'll thank you and we'll see you on the catch side.